0: I used to sit in the preschool in tears.
1: All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot.
0: (laughs) Dad, dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum!
2: This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt.
0: The Parent Panel invites very wise and um, celebrated parents, I'd like to say. Onto the show, our guests today are Amy Taylor Cabaz, the voice that lulls your children to sleep on Bedtime Explorers. She's also the founder of Happy Mama. Hi, Amy, how are you? I'm well, thank you. And TV presenter from Sydney Weekender, Matt Baisley. How are you, Matt? Good, thank you. As far as parental experience goes, Amy has three children, and Matt has two, with another on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yep, we're ready, says Correct. Matt. <laughs> um, before we start though, uh, Matt, yep. you and your daughter do these adorable cooking videos that mm. people can see in your Instagram account. How did that come about? Oh, it started
1: with me just trying to entertain her basically when she was quite small, sort of from that six months age where I'd put her up on the bench in a bumbo and I used to do a lot of cooking uh, for her. So um, she would watch me from then and then she'd want to grab a wooden spoon as she got a bit older and then got to a point where she was out of that and communicating and then standing on chairs next to me. And then I just sort of thought, why don't I just roll on it on the old iPhone, get the little tripod selfie stick out and... um, I started doing a few little videos with her that I was putting on my Instagram and thought, well, I don't want to bombard everyone with uh, (laughs) child videos. So I started up a little Instagram that was just dedicated to that and um, lo and behold... 18 months later, it's, she's got a cooking channel and she's <laughs> I've created a monster oh. because now I can't even make toast in the morning without her wanting to be involved. But um, <laughs> It's brilliant. I love it. I love doing it with her and it's just teaching her a bit about food and where it comes from and that kind oh, of thing. Oh, I love it. Mm. She's
0: very talented. I wonder where she gets that from. Yeah, her <laughs> mother. <laughs> <laughs> Good Amy, answer. <laughs> Amy, uh, you're working on something a bit special for us at Kindling. Um, how much are you able to tell us about it? What can you give away? Well, I'm told I'm not allowed to say much, which, oops, I've
2: kind of already mentioned it on my social media anyway, but for the lovers of Bedtime Explorers, there's something
0: new coming. In the works. In the works, but it's not for bedtime this time. Ah, so these are the meditations, Matt, that Amy does. We um, play them. We actually have them for adults as well. People probably don't know. They all got so excited about meditations for kids. <laughs> we do them for adults after this show. People can listen. You can chill out. Absolutely. Be in here. Yep. But Amy's done very special ones for kids, so I'm, I'm waiting for it just put, you, you can actually just put the phone next to your child once they won't, you know, once you've done everything. Yes, of course. Once yeah. you've parented. Once you've parented and they're still Absolutely. not going to sleep, yeah. you, you put it, you know, off Wi-Fi next to them, walk out of the room, back. I do it slate. myself. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> you've got to make sure you're downstairs to watch on. The Bachelorette. So you've exactly. got to make sure they're out and sleep <laughs> by 7.30. That yeah, right? That's right. <laughs>
0: stress of trying to make that deadline. (laughs) Our topics today, we're going to be speaking about new research that has shown parents are still smacking their kids. So we're looking at discipline and how it works in our homes. What was it about parenting you would never have understood before you had kids of your own? And what from your own childhood would you like your kids to have? Our first topic of the day, though, is what would you name the royal baby?
2: Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have touched down in Australia with a surprise baby announcement.
0: Duchess Meghan and Prince Harry have
1: just announced that they are
0: expecting their first child. Um, Genuinely, thank you for the incredibly warm welcome and the chance to meet so many Aussies. And we also genuinely couldn't think of a better place to announce the upcoming baby, be it a boy or a girl. So thank you very, very much. That was, of course, Prince Harry on his arrival in Australia. Now, every time someone from the House of Windsor arrives, Australians get royal fever, mm. even the Republicans among us. <laughs> um, the, uh, a fever, which peaked, we should say, with the announcement of the impending royal baby. And given that this announcement has occurred on Australian soil and um, Harry said it was a place to announce it, it was perfect, it seems only fair that this baby be christened with an Australian name, Amy. What Aussie name would you give the royal baby?
2: I know this was a bit of a perla because I struggled naming my own children (laughs) and the pressure of the royal baby because we know whatever we choose will be – the number one most popular baby's name next year. Yes, Matt, this is going to be the name of your child now. Okay, I'm taking years. notes. I'm taking
0: notes. <laughs> Male or female. Yes. Yeah.
2: And of course this baby will be ours because Australians do that so well. We claim these things ourselves. Mm-hmm. Announced here on Australian soil, the baby is ours. So the, only, the two names that I immediately came up with was Matilda <gasps> and Banjo. Oh, perfect. It has to be Matilda or Banjo. I'm
0: sorry. She's like, I don't even need to talk to you, Matt. (laughs) No, no, we're
1: done. We're done.
2: (laughs) It's over. That's it. That's all I could come up with. I want to have
0: two more children so I can call them Matilda and Banjo. They're good
2: Australian names, aren't they?
0: They are. Are Princess Matilda? Yes. Yes. And Prince Banjo. Or Princess Tilly even. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was thinking a little bit more Super Aussie. So I I just, I'd love to see a Prince Greg or (laughs) Brett. (laughs) But, but I think the winner for me with the boys' names would have been Darren. Darren. Prin- Prince Darren Mountbatten-Windsor has a certain ring to <laughs> it. We could
2: call him Daz.
1: Daz and Haz. And yes. they could get matching shirts. Imagine the likes on Instagram they'd get with, a, with that photo, Daz and Haz on matching shirts. But I, and a little girl, I, don't, I couldn't go past Deidre because oh, yes. it can be quite regal, Deidre. But then nice. there's also the Deidre Chambers. What a coincidence with the Muriel's wedding sort of link. So that's, that's where I'd be going if I was uh, Meghan and Harry.
0: Okay, and is it Megan? Megan? Mm. I, I just heard someone say Megan, and I thought, oh my goodness, I've been saying Megan, Margaret. I think it is Megan. Yeah, I, I th- in I Australia, I think it's
1: chef. Megan, but <laughs> everywhere else, it's Megan. Yeah, we yeah. call oh. it Megs. <laughs> 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 just
0: it. So, um, Amy, you said it took a while to get names for your own kids. Did you get any opinions? Oh yes. With the girls' names, not so much,
2: Um, but with our son's name, it's very unusual. It's Cassius. And um, there was a great story around that, about why we chose that name. But uh, the reactions were, and still are, very interesting. I mean, I live in the inner west of Sydney now, so Cassius is actually normal (laughs) where I live. Most people have a great reaction. Travel to other parts of Australia or the world, and the look on their face is a bit Hmm. But I have to say, my mother-in-law didn't use my son's name for the first few weeks. He was just the baby because she just just couldn't come to terms with the name. So that's what we never told
0: anybody the names before they were born. You don't want that reaction. No. You want to choose one that, that you can stick with.
1: We didn't tell anyone either beforehand. You don't want that reaction before you go, oh, really? You're going with that? <laughs> uh, okay, but uh, yeah, no, we we are going through that at the moment with names. Just remembering how many people we don't like uh, yes. <laughs> when we're throwing names out. They got, "Nah, sorry." In year three, he pulled my pants down in front of the whole class. Can't call him that um, or her. We don't know, but um, yeah,
0: yeah. I fair enough. I I think um, our first child, we thought it was going to be a boy, and we told my parents we wanted the name Felix, and. They, it was just greeted with silence and we did find out the sex of our child. So once we found out it was a girl, we're like, mm, stum, don't say a thing. Yeah. yeah. No. Cause it destroys the name Felix for me. I'm like, what's that response? Anyway, I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to The Parent Panel. I'm over it now. My children are named. No one can change them. Um, we have invited two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by mindfulness coach Amy taylor Cabaz and TV presenter Matt Baisley. Next, how do you use discipline in your family? Excuse me. Megan? That behavior is unacceptable. I don't like it when you pinch me. Unacceptable. Not I don't like it. If you scratch me or pinch me or punch me or behave in a way that is unacceptable, then you will go back into that room. Unacceptable. No back chat with me either. That was the super nanny, if you've never heard her before, doing her thing. Discipline. It's one of the most challenging parts of parenting. I mean, if you ask the super nanny, her way is the only way to get kids to fall into line. It's not so easy for the rest of us, I don't think. And the most recent National Child Health Poll from the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne has found that one in four parents feel stressed by their child's behaviour every day. That made sense to me. I thought it'd be higher. Um, But almost half wouldn't know where to go to get help for that behavior. And we know that smacking is a no-go zone. So how do we effectively uh, discipline our kids today? Matt, what have you found with this?
1: Is there such thing as effective discipline? I don't don't know. I think it's a a great title of a book to make some money. Um, But in our house, I grew up, I'm the youngest of six. I grew up, uh, my dad's turning 80 next birthday. So my childhood was full of smacks and wooden spoons and belt threats. Um, so that didn't work. I just became smarter at how to hide things and get around it. So I wouldn't uh, cop the wooden spoon, but, um, I think I'm pre- in a pretty good zone at the moment with ages. So, Billy, my eldest, she's three and a half and she's 18 months. They're not really that naughty. It's, at the moment, we're sort of doing the... You're
0: not touching wood. Sorry to Oh, yeah, up. no, no, touching wood, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but um, at the moment, it's just that um, conversations, understanding what they've done wrong. There's a cause and effect for what they do and repetition, consistency. Is That's, that's how we roll with it. And, <gasps>
0: Oh my goodness, are you a consistent parent?
1: Try to be. I try so to be. I'm so impressed right now. <laughs> I'm
0: really not good with consistency. Amy, what happened your kids are a bit older. I'm sure you've run into this more than once.
2: I have. And with all of the hundreds and hundreds of mamas I've spoken to over the years, I actually think this is a really big area of struggle because most of us, as you said, were disciplined growing up in a way that we don't want to repeat. Mm. We've actually been given no other tools or skills to replace it. And I know with me, my eldest is about to turn 11. And so this is 10 years ago of trying to figure this stuff out. And you would dance in your head between trying the talking to them and, you know, reasoning with them and getting down to their level and realising very quickly that's not going to work and then flipping completely the other way back to the way that you were parented when you were a child and then feeling really guilty that you did that and then flipping back the other way. And it's crazy. No wonder. I'm surprised too, Chev, that it was only one in four are stressed by this. So... I have to admit we've done it all. I'm Not smacked. Thank goodness I've never gotten to that stage, but holy moly have I felt like it and had to pull myself back. But we've done the naughty corner and the taking things away (laughs) and all of that stuff, and it doesn't work. Um, Our kids are older now, and it really is the conversation. I think touching wood again, we've somehow managed to do a good job because now they're really open to talking about this stuff. We can easily say to them, hey, you know, that's not the way we behave or can you imagine how that makes your sister feel? And it works. But it's been 10 years of having that repetitive, consistent conversation. It's really hard.
0: Okay. Well, it's good to know that if you repeat it enough times, so it far, might actually.
2: We haven't hit the teenage years yet. <laughs> that's going to be a whole other level of conversation. <laughs>
0: I know. I think we're all going to need help with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a book.
1: Being on the same page as yeah. well with your with your partner helps. If you're if you're going in as a team, you go you know th- that's the way we're going to do this. That helps as well because otherwise it's like, Mum said no, I'm going over here, and I'm and it just <laughs> totally uh, disrupts the whole discipline and the uh, exactly. effect of it as well.
2: And I think the number one thing that we agreed on right from the beginning was is that we're not going to use fear. Mm. It's just. It's just not fear. We're not going to stand above them and scare them into being good because that was... Which is what has happened to us, right? That's right. And, it,
0: and as you said, it didn't work for you, Matt. <laughs> I'm kind of curious what Matt did. <laughs> Aren't you, Amy? That's a whole other conversation, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In just a moment, would you, um, what would you never have understood about parenting before you had kids of your own?
1: My life used to be so lively, so full of excitement. I'm done with all that.
2: My life did not begin until I had kids.
1: I here my evening? I fed the kids
2: dinner.
0: Before I had kids, there were plenty of things I didn't really understand, could not have understood about life with children like how interesting a conversation about poo can be, that is your child's, not yours, Um, or how sometimes it's actually impossible to answer the phone at any time of the day or night. Amy, what are the things you've discovered um, having kids you couldn't have guessed before you had your own?
2: Yes, the first thing that came to mind was similar, that you will get a text message or a phone call from someone you've been wanting to speak to for ages, see it on your phone and think, I'll get back to that, and then two weeks later think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, that was actually urgent and I didn't do that. The brain is so filled with so much. Look, I could go on and on for hours about the things that I've realised through parenthood, Um your capacity for holding space for so much more than yourself hmm. is enormous. I can't believe how many things I have in my head that is the well being of so many other little beings. Um, how important sleep is, yes. I know that that's something that everyone says, but even now mine are older. Sleep is still the most precious thing in my life. Um, But also I think now that they are getting older, the thing that I have never realized before is how quickly time goes. And I know that's a cliche and I'm sorry, everybody, but that to me is just so huge. I will not waste a day anymore. I will not waste any moments. I won't waste any time. I just want to be here because it's gone so quickly. And before babies oh, you know, you'd spend a whole day just watching Seinfeld reruns and just, you know, wasting all of this time. And now I'm like, no, I have to grab onto this because this is going really, really fast.
0: And, you know, I think the levelling of that in terms of it sounding like a cliche, to anyone who hasn't got kids, then you just say, okay, so... You know how um, when you got married, your page boy was carrying the rings, and now he's taller than you. That's how quick it goes.
2: Yes. Isn't it? And when it's your child, it goes even quicker. Yes. Because that's exactly you don't right. notice it happening in front of you until you've hit a next milestone, milestone and think, what? How could that be possible? Um, I just think it's such a beautiful reminder every yes. single day if you can be in the moment and not have that discipline struggle going on in your head all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: (laughs) And Matt, what about you?
1: I don't know what I did with my days. Honest, that's when you're talking about the time. I just I look back and I go, what was I doing? What apart from working? I don't know what I did. What did I do on the weekends? No idea. Mm. No, slept. Um, Seinfeld rerun. Yeah, that's right. But (laughs) um, for me, also, I the thing that I didn't understand as well was how important the routine was. I remember being the youngest of six. I had brothers and sisters that all had kids. Before me, Friends had had kids before me. Like, oh, we've got to get Johnny home for a sleep. Yeah, oh, that's fine. He can miss his sleep. It's all right. What's the worst that can happen? Just going to be tired. But now we're like, no, we're out of here. Sleep time. No yes. one's missing sleep. Um, <laughs> um, and also I used to give uh, people a bit of a hard time on social media about how many posts of their kids that they would put on. It's <laughs> oh, like, did you? Yeah. yeah I was, I was, I was silently judging. Says the who has his
2: own channel
0: that's now. That's exactly right.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome. Your kid knows how to use a fork. Great, but that is, now that
0: is impressive, though, right? That is
1: amazing. So, but now I'm just like, well, look out because the baby spam is coming your way. I, I get it now. I understand. Yes. But yeah, I used to be quite judgy of that.
0: Well, you're allowed to be. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, though? There's part of you that says um, a friend of mine sent me this beautiful article that was kind of titled. Um, Sorry to every mum friend I had before I had a baby saying that she didn't understand this and, didn't, and I said, but that's part of the privilege of not having children, mm. in a way. But I also
2: think if we truly understand, we wouldn't do it.
0: <laughs> there is that, Amy. There is that, My indeed. My sister
2: and I had this conversation the other night. I must admit it was late at night after a few wines, but she's like, you know what, Amy. I don't know if I'd do this again if I had my time. Love my kids, awesome, but holy moly, it is so hard and it changes everything and I'm not sure how I feel about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, you can, and isn't it funny you can only admit that after wine. Exactly. And, and, you, it, have to, okay. and you also have to say, hashtag still love my children. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are mindfulness coach Amy taylor cabaz and TV presenter Matt Baisley. Our final topic in just a minute, what would you give your child from your own childhood?
1: We do it every year, part of the family tradition. I am not turning into my mother. That's what my mother taught me take all your bad feelings and push them down.
0: There are a couple of things from my childhood that I would like my children to have. Uh, On one side, my parents um, used to make me, or still make me feel completely safe. So um, they always, I always felt like they had my back and it was an incredible way to grow up feeling that solid ground beneath my feet. I still kind of think my parents are superheroes, which I don't think my children are going to have the same experience. But anyway, I'd like them to have that. Or on a completely different level, we used to go for these awesome summer holidays in Ballina. I actually don't remember the car trip, which I'm sure was horrendous for my parents. But we used to walk down to the corner shop in the middle of the day, barefoot, barefoot, burning our feet just to buy lollies at the corner store. You know, those sorts of memories are really special. Um, Matt, what from your own childhood, whether it's an experience yep. or a, a feeling or a skill um, that you had that you would like to give your children?
1: I think it would be the freedom. Um, there's that sense of, I, I remember just going out of the afternoon, get home from school and go out and the rule was come home when the street lights came on, which was you know five thirty daylight savings, which was a bit annoying other kids got to stay out later, but that was they didn't they didn't know where I was going what I was doing, but I was out there had that sense of freedom of just being a kid and also with social media and the way it is now, I think there's no freedom because the only way you got caught smoking a pack of Peter Jackson's if you left the lighter <laughs> in your pocket you know now it's going to be Xavier's mum found a snapchat of you doing it and has passed it on to so your mum at the PNC. you know it's... Uh, <laughs> So I think there's that innocence and that freedom of childhood that um, I think I might have been the last generation to have. Um, But also the car trips was another one when you mentioned that. It was like... Everyone flies now because it's so cheap. But when, when growing up, we used to go to Coffs Harbour every year. My sister lived in Bellingen and we'd go and visit her on the farm. And like you said, it was, would have been horrific for mum and dad in the car, but I loved it. We played Spotto and Punch Buggy and, Punch you know, Buggy. First One to See and that kind of thing. <laughs> there was no DVD player in the car and learning about Bulla Dealer and all the little country towns on the way up. That, um, that's gone as well, I think. So, yeah, yeah. just that freedom and time.
0: I think that's interesting because before we came on air, wasn't Matt saying he was a slight helicopter parent? Yes, that's true. You can yeah. give them that freedom, Matt. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, no, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have uh, tracking devices in their phones and things.
0: You'll <laughs> be checking say. Snapchat the whole time yeah. to see where they <laughs> <go>. are. <laughs> says, I feel bad for them, but good for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Amy, how about you?
2: Yeah, look, same things, of course. Uh core memories of mine growing up. We played cards as family. We still do. When I go and visit my parents' house, my favourite thing in the world is to sit and play cards with my parents. It is hilarious. (laughs) Goes for hours and hours and hours. What games do you play? What card games? Crummy Rummy. So it's like a version of gin rummy. I was and I've not heard that before. It, it, it's just, it's brutal. Like my mum suddenly turns, starts swearing like a sailor. It's just <laughs> hilarious. It, it's just the best experience. And so I really, my husband and I have spoken about it lately. We want to start teaching the kids cards. It's yep. just this big family tradition we want to pass down. And the other one I thought when you asked this before was um, we have these silly code words in our family that only we know what they mean and they don't make sense to anybody else. It's out of like a movie that we've adapted and that means it's code for that thing. Um, And we've started getting a few with our kids and I love it. It makes my heart actually feel warm when I hear them use those words because I'm like, yes, family code words. (laughs) That makes me so happy. I love that. Uh, I kind of want to know what they are, but then they won't be code. No. Uh, They're not like rude. It's just like almost um, shorthand for different things. So for example, one of them is egg timer. And egg timer came from my mum, who was always frustrated that my dad, as soon as she'd complain about something like, oh, I'm not feeling very well today, he'd say, yeah, me too. Or jump in (laughs) and do it straight away with his version of that. So she bought him for Christmas one year an actual egg timer and said, whenever I complain or talk about something that's got to do with me, you must wait until the egg timer is complete (laughs) before you start talking about your version. That's
1: amazing. And
2: so now we have a code word, which is egg timer. So as soon as one of my kids, you know, one of them will say, "Mummy, I've got a tummy ache ache today. The other one will say, yeah, me too. We all say egg timer. (laughs) Those types of things. I think that's what family's about. Mm. Those little code words that no one else understands. It just comes from your history together. I love
0: that. Oh, it's beautiful. You can all use egg timer if you want. Thank you. I'm going to pick your brain for a few more later. Um, I'm going
1: to name my third child egg timer. If you you don't mind. (laughs) great.
0: (laughs) I thought it was going to be Matilda or Banjo, but (laughs) that was up for grabs.
1: Yeah, no, I'm leaving it.
0: (laughs) Love it. All right. Well, um, thank you both so much for coming in. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you. That was mindfulness coach Amy Taylor-Kabaz and TV presenter Matt Baisley.
2: You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel. New episodes every Friday.